0: Space to feel. Welcome to Ryan Rance, the solo pod. I am Ryan Alexander back here with you for another episode of Ryan Rance. Um, A little under the weather this week, mostly last week, but I will uh, try to power through this. So hopefully I don't lose my voice. But um, big week. It's always a big week. Something's always going on in Pirates Nation, Pirates Twitter. Uh, We had, what news did we have? So we have the draft coming up. Who are the Pirates going to take? Um, Dylan Cruz or Paul Skeens, and of course everybody has an opinion. Uh, what now? Cruz apparently doesn't want to play for the Pirates. Go figure. Says he won't sign. Uh, I'm not going to get into that today. Uh, you know, we're a little bit off from the draft. And then uh, trade deadline, everyone's talking about mostly John John Paul Morosi, or now he goes just goes by John Morosi. I don't know. He keeps dropping and adding his middle name. Um, but He's saying that the Pirates should, or teams are calling on Kutch and the Pirates should also talk Mitch Keller. So, you know, that's a lot going on there. Um, I will say this, I'm not going to get into the trade deadline talk at this point or talk about Kutch, but if you trade Kutch at the deadline, he better be 150% on board. Like almost he has to like request it and then hopefully he's cool with talking to you in in, in, in the uh, in the off season about coming back but he has to absolutely be on board but I'm not going to talk about that today um we have a little bit of time until the trade deadline to see where this team goes but we're going to talk a little Ben sherrington in this front office regime which has I think wore out its welcome with most of pirates Twitter and pirates fan pirate nation um Ben was hired back in November 2019. This is his fourth season as the Pirates GM and we're seeing, you know, from the Pirates most recent losing streak and pretty much everybody in the lineups hitting slump that the Pirates are, you know, quickly falling to the bottom of the division again, Um, not really looking like they're going to compete after all in 2023 and even after their 20 and eight start, which just imagine if they hadn't overachieved in April, where would they, where would they be? Um, But my question with Ben is, and and this is for everybody. You can, you know, DM me, message me on Twitter, message North Shore nine, whatever. How much longer are you willing to sit back and see Ben Sherrington be the GM with basically the same results here? Nothing happening. Um, We're four years in. And we really, the Pirates, there's really nothing to show for it. Um, I think as far as timeline, you know, if this year continues on, on the projection that it's headed and next year, we don't see any tangible progress or improvement with the major league team with prospects overall. I think that's when you have to pull the plug. I, I think basically if next year is very similar to this year where, The Pirates are just kind of scuffling, not really making any improvement or progress. Um, You have to pull the plug on it. Uh, There's there's uh, apparently a a following on Twitter. uh, Alan Saunders and I got into a spat uh, this week on Twitter about, you know, this in general. But apparently there's people that are just fine with letting, you know, Ben just go on for a couple more years, several years, another four or five years. I don't know but at some point you have to have some in my eyes you have to have some sort of progress to show for it so i just i don't know what Ben has shown at this point the team clearly tanked the first couple of years they got they got fortunate with the with the 2020 covid season that was a shortened season only 60 games they were the worst team by far 19 and 41 got got the first overall pick and then two 100, you know, lost seasons from there, they'll be picking first. Um, the you know this this next month here in this draft. Um, but at some point, like, and I was all fine with the tank. Like the Pirates should have tanked; they had to tank, really. <clears throat> excuse me to get these top draft picks, but it's that point now where I think the prospect building part, besides this upcoming draft, is over. You need to start adding. Improvement and major league players to this roster that are going to, you know, compete, move this team into the next level. And I just haven't seen that. And I think the red flags have kind of always been there, um, even back to the start with this regime. Uh, You look back at basically every trade that Sherrington did going back to, you know, um, Tyone and Marte. They were all just the returns on all these trades all came back where they were underwhelming the tie trade was the one that looked like it, it was pretty much going to be great with uh, Contreras. And now we've seen what Contreras ended up doing this year. And he's basically in the bullpen now. And hopefully he turns out and maybe he can still uh, be that rotation starter. But that was the one deal where the return actually looked pretty good. The rest of them were, were pretty much all uh, underwhelming in my eyes. Um, and I don't think this is – all subjective here. I mean, look just look at the Marte trade. They trade Marte for Brennan Malone and Paguero, which Pagero is on the cusp. Hopefully he'll be coming up and we'll still see um what he has to offer. But you know, he kind of stalled out in the minors as well until recently this year when he really came on. Um but we traded we traded Marte with years of control for that return the Marlins turned around and traded Marte at the deadline to the A's for Jesus Lazardo, Who's like the, one of the Marlins top mid rotation arms at this point, he's been solid for two to three years now. Um, so like, just look at that trade alone. Like that's pretty objective there that the pirates just didn't do as good in trading Marte and the return that other, another team get. That's, that's pretty objective. Um, and I just felt like across the board with his trades, it's been that way since day one. So that was a big question mark. Um, you know, definitely you had the prospect numbers where the Pirates were, you know, in the top 100. And you saw the, you know, Baseball America rankings and MLB pipeline and stuff where their system and the depth and everything definitely went up and increased. Because it's true, there, there wasn't much to work with. You know, Charrington came in, there wasn't much to work with, especially in the, in the minor league system. Um, they had some major league players to trade and they did that but yeah i just i question the return on a lot of it and you know then you look at the prospects in general the drafts i think the drafts have i mean you know you you picked you picked first you took henry davis davis is now up we're finally seeing what he can do but at this point whether you point to the pirates missed scouted him or they just didn't develop his catching game basically at this point they're content with having him play right field and dh So basically you drafted a right field DH hitter at 1-1. And, you know, short of him being Edgar Martinez in the DH position, you know, in a Hall of Fame type hitter, then you really aren't, you shouldn't be taking that player 1-1. Is he that type of hitter? I mean, that's a lot to ask for, but I guess we'll find out. But just kind of knowing the Pirates' uh, luck, it probably won't work out. But I mean, I think the, the, one of the main reasons when they, they took Davis, which was a, a little bit of a shock at that time, was, OK, well, they must feel he's you know a catcher. He can be that top catcher, be a good hitter as well. Well, they pretty much at this point, he's come up and he's only DH'd in right field. They'll, they're still carrying two catchers. Like at this point, it doesn't even look like they have any plans of him catching so, again, you took a, a right-fielder DH at 1-1. One, one. I mean, it's, it's kind of absurd. And whether they had the idea of him catching and, like I said, they mis him or they just didn't develop it well enough, that's on them. Uh, you know, we don't know what happened behind the scenes. But we see what the final results are when they come up. And it's, it hasn't been good. It hasn't been great. Uh, not saying Davis hasn't been – Davis has been fine as far as the back goes um but it's very early on you know we'll see but it's just it's just everything seems underwhelming with this front office and that's where i'm at and it just you know when people like alan and and just uh, some of the media or some of the other people on twitter get they almost get like mad at the fan base for for showing anger at at this front office and it's like what do you expect i mean this is your four and i you know well they didn't they didn't plan on competing this year well maybe they should have i mean they they did spend $40, $50 million in the offseason, not just to bring in junk. I mean, they brought in Kutch. They brought in Rich Hill. They brought in Santana, Choi, um, you know, Austin Hedges, which just, oh, my God, can we get rid of that experiment? But they added people in the offseason. It just really hasn't worked. And whether you tried to compete or not, it's that time now that you should be trying to compete. So. I just, I'm at this point now where how much more are we willing to see Charrington? How much more are we willing to see this front office? Whether you feel like they did okay with the trades, they need to do better drafting. Maybe it's better developing. It's really tough to know because we don't see the behind the scenes of that development and everything. We just see the the end results. And at this point it hasn't been good enough. I mean, look at, Look at the, look at three teams out there, and I'm not even going to bring up the Reds because the Reds, I, I don't believe, are for real, even though that's what Bob Nightingale says. Look at the Orioles, Rangers, and D-backs. Those are three teams that you know didn't have a great team when they decided to kind of tear down and rebuild at, at the same time. Within three, four years, all three of those teams are winning. Rangers, D-backs are in first place this year. Uh, Orioles are 20 games over 500. They were winning last year. They had a winning record last year. Like these teams have proven. And like Texas didn't really like tank. I mean, the D-backs and Orioles, you know, kind of did. But like the Rangers didn't have like top pick after top pick after top pick like the Pirates pretty much are. So all three of them are winning. So all three of those teams have proven that you can turn things around in under four or five years. And it's not like Texas and Arizona and the Orioles tore down some, you know, team that went to the ALCS or something and didn't didn't get to the World Series and they had to tear down like the, the Stars and Scrubs uh, model and they had pieces to trade. They didn't really have much either, along with the Pirates. So here we are. All three of those teams are doing well. The Reds are doing well, which I didn't even know what you would call the last Reds rebuild because they started... Then they started like before that rebuild even like got finished. They started like training more pieces. So like I feel like the Reds like yeah kind of lapped you. Even the Cubs. I mean we saw the Cubs go from World Series winner to kind of hanging on. Then they finally made some moves tore down, and now they're ahead in the standings. They caught up. So while wow, the Cubs or Reds might not be a playoff team this year or whatnot. <coughs> especially in this awful division. Um, Are they really a playoff team in like normal baseball, you know, uh, environment? But those teams lapped you. And then the Orioles, Rangers, and D-backs are doing a lot better than you are. Like they're actually winning. Um, I just, and I said this about Derek Shelton too, you know, basically 10 days into Sherrington's regime here and back in 2019, he hired Derek Shelton as as his manager. And I said this on Twitter like a week or so ago. What has Derek Shelton done in four years? What has he done well at? What's one aspect that Derek Shelton has done great in? I, I can't think of one. Somebody said, Well, the players like him. I mean, that's great. <laughs> like, you know, my <laughs> like what you know, third graders like their, their third-grade teachers sometimes. That's great. Like, what have they done? what has he done? What's, what's the aspect that, and I get it. Like my apologies. Oh my goodness. I get it. He has the team. The team hasn't been good. He's had not much to work with. They've pretty much been in a tank for the past three, four years, but you should be able to point to your manager and say, this is what um, he does. Well, he motivates the team or he does good managing the bullpen or, Gets the the right hitting coach and pitching coach. And they get get more out of the players than you would expect out of this talent. Um, Really hasn't done that. I haven't seen that at all. So especially not with the bullpen aspect, which, again, Charrington hasn't given him much to work with. So that's why I'm not screaming for Shelton to necessarily be fired. But at some point, this regime, I'm I'm more on the Charrington uh, front office end of it. You need to go. Like, and it's just, I mean, I don't know why people want to keep hanging on. Why delay it? If this rebuild is not going to work, and it likely isn't going to work, um, just going off of the the facts that, you know, the prospects really haven't panned out have been too great that have come up. Um, the the trades have been questionable in general. The free agent signings, like it just everything across the board, nothing is really working. Um, you know, look at this in the past. Four years. We had the 10-game losing streak this year. We had another 10-game losing streak two years ago. They also had one nine-game losing streak and three eight-game losing streaks. And one of those came in the COVID year that was only 60 games. So you have five, no, I'm sorry, six losing streaks of eight games or more, two 10-games and one nine-game losing streak. And that's what Shelton and Sherrington has given us you got to do more. I mean, you got, you got to do more. And, and, you know, I don't understand the, well, give them, you got to give them several more years and it probably won't work out, but you can't tear it down. Why can't you tear it down? You don't even necessarily have to tear it down. I think there's a big disconnect with, with the narrative that if you fire your GM and your front office, that the new one's got to come in and just totally clean house and, get new players and and just completely tear it down to the point where you have a $30 million payroll and they're going to try it all again with their prospects. I, I don't think that necessarily has to be the case. I mean, the pirates are going to have the first pick this year. So you got to think they're going to have Dylan Cruz or Skeens, like either an ace pitcher or what they're saying, like one of the top, you know, kind of Bryce Harper type hitters that we've seen in a while. So like, that's a good start. You have Terramar Johnson from last year. You have some guys there. Like, I don't think it needs to be a complete teardown. But, I mean, look at the Penguins. The Penguins hired a, a new GM this past year. They haven't talked anything about a teardown. Are they going to trade, you know, Crosby, Malkin, and Latang and all them and, and just completely tear down? Probably not. They're going to try to build around that. And I, I, I think that's something that maybe needs to happen here next year. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a complete teardown but just if if you know the process is wrong and, and you don't trust the guy that's in charge of doing it right now why would you keep rolling with them I mean why 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 keep going that route when you already kind of know I apologize for the wheezing that I'm doing here hopefully it isn't showing up on on the mic but yeah why continue down that process it just if if you know that's not where it's not working which it hasn't cut bait, move on, get somebody else. And I think if this year continues along where we've seen it, six, seven games under and they get worse, hitting hitting slumps throughout most, you know, here and there throughout the season, more so than, you know, more so than is normal. Um, and then next year we see a bit of the same thing, you know, kind of just, Mid-tier signings in the offseason that don't really work out or pan out. Um, No improvement or or very little progress from the the prospects. Um, And just the team in general. Wins and losses on the field. If you don't see that next year, I think you have to get rid of them. And I really don't think... Let me know know, what you think as far as how many more years Sherrington should have, but I really don't see where... And he, I, I don't I don't understand the argument to keep him more than one more season. Next year is year five. What are we waiting on? What are we waiting on at this point? You should have been able to show us progress on the major league field by now. We We have three teams that have done it all more recent than you have. And next year is going to be year five, and we'll probably still be here yelling about the same thing, fighting on Twitter, Uh, going around and around about this. But at at the end of the day, you just have to be better. You have to be better. And, you know, Charrington, Shelton, I I pretty much, they've worn out their welcome here, you know, for me. And everyone says, well, wait till 2024. They weren't supposed to be good this year. Well, that's great. That's great. I mean, you tanked three years. You got three top, you know, draft picks. Um, What do you need, two more? Like when are you planning on competing? When's when's that ending? Like at some point it's got to end. So if it doesn't happen next year, I really hope everybody's going to be on board for moving on because why waste another two three years with the guy that you know doesn't have it and and go from there. So that's that's my shtick with uh, Ben Sherrington. I'm pretty much over it. And uh, yeah, it just time to move on. But, uh, I don't know. We'll see what the pirates do this week. We'll get into more, you know, the trade deadlines coming up. It's going to be very interesting to see what the pirates do here at this deadline. As far as McCutcheon, um, you know, Rich Hill and those guys, you can trade. They're on one year contracts. Like I said, Kutch also on a a one year deal, but, you you almost have to, he has to be on board. Absolutely has to be on board to trade him. There's just a lot more going on there than just, uh, you know, you signed a, an older guy in his you know, mid to late thirties to a one-year deal. There's just, there's too much uh, loyalty there and everything with, they've traded him before, so we'll see. But if you trade him, he, he's gotta, he's gotta be on board. And hopefully he's maybe uh, interested in coming back for next year because He's already said he wants to, doesn't want to play anywhere else, wants to finish with the Pirates and da 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 da. So maybe he'll be done after this year, regardless. But I don't know. Cutch is playing some good ball. So I kind of doubt that. But like if he comes to you and says, Hey, I want to try to win a ring. You know, I'm still open in the offseason to coming back. If I want to play next year, then yeah, go make, go make a trade. Go try to improve your team right now or for next year. Um, but man, it's going to be. Could you imagine Twitter on that day? But then you get into Bednar um, and, and you know Morosi threw around Keller today. Uh, you know I don't I don't see the need to trade Keller at all. Like again, you you listen on everybody, but unless you're blown away, forget it. Um, Bednar, he's great, obviously, um, but he's a closer. So if you can get somebody to overpay and uh, you know, pull in a hitter or somebody that may be an everyday ball player for the next five, six years with the team, then yeah, you listen on Bednar. But I just can't imagine Keller, and let's say the Pirates draft Skeens and they got him and Keller for the next, uh, you know, foreseeable future. I mean, that's that's a start right there in the rotation that you, that you can go off of, especially for the Pirates. So you finally found a guy that's like a top of the rotation guy that you developed. You drafted and you actually developed after a lot of hurdles and, and struggles and missteps Keller is, you know, has appeared to have made it. Why would you go and trade him? again? If you're blown away, that's one thing, but, um, so anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there with the trade deadline. We'll see what this team does in the next couple of weeks, um, and go from there. But yeah, where are you at with Ben Charrington? How much longer do you want to see him in the front office in here, uh, making underwhelming trades and, uh, that's the other thing, even if they trade Kutch. Like we said, if they trade Keller, I don't trust Ben Sherrington to make that trade to, to pull in the, the maximum you know, the maximum the oh god, I can't talk now, the max value in that deal, in a Keller type deal. I, I don't even trust them to do it. So if I don't trust you to make a trade to better the team in the ne- in the near future, wh- why do I still want you here? I mean, we can get a new GM to pick up the mess that he left off, and not necessarily tear it down, not making another six-year rebuild. Look at the Orioles, Rangers, and D-backs. They've done it in less. So, yeah, it's just, that's where I'm at. All right, guys, uh, follow the North Shore 9. I'm at rounder 829. Follow Follow the boys, Donardo, Jim, Tyler, Cody. I guess Neil and Doug, too, if you want to. All right, guys, take it easy. I'll see you later. Peace.